God's word is God's tool to prepare God's people for life and ministry. May God bless and equip you for exploits in his kingdom, even as you listen in Jesus' name. Amen. In the part one of this short exhortation, um, we looked at the foundation, the blessings of dwelling in God. We, we, we lay the foundations. We said that um, as we look at Psalm 91, unfortunately, many people think it is some kind of magic wand. It's some kind of um, 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 powerful um, um, passage that if we just repeat it long enough or pray it long enough, it becomes a reality in our lives. But we said, no, that is not true. Those things mentioned in Psalm 91 are simply the manifestations of a life that dwells in God, a life that is under the shelter of God, under the wings of the Most High, that abides in the secret place. And then the things mentioned there are simply the manifestations of having a life in God. And we also mentioned that the motivation for dwelling in God should not be that we want the blessings of God. We don't go and say, Lord, we want to dwell in you and abide under you because we want you to bless us. The Lord is not moved by that. The Lord rather wants us to come in love. We said, because he set his love on me, verse 14, because he set his love on me. So love is the motivation. Love is what God is looking out for. Um, now, let's look at seven specifics, um, seven specific things that we will be experiencing by the grace of God if we dwell in God. If we dwell in God. I'll just go through some verses in Psalm 91. You may be able to pick up more than seven, but I'm just speaking out seven things that we hope will encourage our hearts also to realize that dwelling in God is never a loss. Verse 4, it says, He, let me go to verse 3, Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his wings, uh, with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. So note that. See what he says after that. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. The first thing that we must see as the blessings of dwelling is peace of mind. It's not all these things we say, oh, the, the arrow will not get me. The arrow that flies by day will not reach me. The pestilence. No, 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 no. We are not people who fear. The Bible says in verse 5, you shall not be afraid. 
New Living Translation says, Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor of the arrow that flies in the daytime. Do not be afraid. So, the first blessing of dwelling in God is not the physical. It's actually a state of mind where you have triumphed over fear. So it does not matter the terrors that fly by day, by night. It does not matter the pestilences that are out there. It does not matter what the world is going through. You are at peace. Blessing number one, peace of mind. Peace of mind. This is, I cannot be dwelling in God and be fretting and be anxious and be in depression and be confused because of worry. No. They that dwell under the shadow of the Most High, they are not afraid. And so the Bible says, do not be afraid. There will be pestilences, left, right, and center. There will be pestilences, lots and lots of pestilence. But listen, God's word is, I will not be afraid. God's word, do not be afraid. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid. Amen. The second blessing that comes from being under the shadow he says in verse 7, A thousand may fall at your right hand and ten thousand at your left, uh, on your left hand and on your right hand, but it shall not come near to you. Blessing number two is protection. People will fall. As the pestilences go out there, people will fall. Some will fall on the right some will fall on the left, but for those who dwell under the shadow of the Most High, the Bible says, it shall not come near you. I want to believe scriptures that it shall not come near me. It will not come to me because I dwell under the shadow of the Most High God. The impression I get is God shielding me as I walk through this dark pilgrimage, as I go through this life that is full of risk and danger and satanic works. I am being protected by the feathers, by the wings of the Most High. You know, people fall into sin. People fall away from faith. People fall into the hands of the devil. People fall into temptation. All these things are making people fall. But it says for you, God shields you. They will not come near you. Which means even if they are coming, the Lord in his great mercy shields me. Shields you. Isn't that wonderful? He shields us. From the pestilences that roam the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this. Thank you for this. I will remain under your wings and you will shield me in the name of Jesus. The third thing or the third blessing is what I call divine escort. Verse 11. 
for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Divine escort. You are not being escorted by men. You are being escorted by angels. God says he will give angels charge. Charge means he will give them instructions to watch over you. New Living Translation says he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Look at that. God gives an order. God gives an order to the angels. And so as I walk through the earth on this my restless pilgrim, as I go from place to place, as I move about doing the will of my father, as I remain abiding under this under his shelter, he gives instructions and angels don't disobey. They do not disobey the instructions of the most high. The instruction of the Most High is this, that the angels should watch over me. The angels should escort me wherever I go. The angels should be with me day and night. When I sleep, when I'm awake, the angels watch over me. Divine escort. That's, that's why I cannot be afraid because I'm not alone. Right here where I am, I am surrounded. Demons will seek to penetrate, but the angels are on guard with their fiery swords lifted, raised. And as I walk through life, they walk with me. Their their, their swords are raised. They are ablaze. And in in their anger, they look upon those who seek to come near me. And they are willing to descend upon them. In the anger of the Most High, because they received order from the Most High to protect me, to escort me, to walk with me. Hallelujah. Verse 13, we look at blessing number four, the blessings of those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample on the foot. Blessing number four is victory. Victory against every opposition that rises. Everything that seeks to devour. Everything that seeks to work against me. He says, I will trample on the foot. The satanic, the demonic, and the evil, I will trample on the foot. The blessings of those who dwell with God is that they trample the cobra, the young lions, the serpent on the foot. I trample on the foot today. All who rise up to fight against me, those spiritual forces that seek to destroy me under God and by the authority of God, I trample them on the foot with great courage, with great boldness, and with complete authority. I trample on the foot. That is the blessing of those who walk even in the Lord who abide under the shadow of the Most High. They trample 
the enemies underfoot. They trample. They trample. May you and I trample they who rise up against us by the authority. Remember that our warfare is not physical. So it's not a physical trampling. We are not making a physical fight against anyone. We are trampling in the spirit. We are stepping upon the cobra in the spirit. The deadly lions, we step upon their heads in the spirit, not in the physical, in the spirit. And then in the physical, it will manifest. When we tread upon their heads in the spiritual, then in the physical, we shall find victory is ours. Victory is assured. So number four is victory is assured because we trample under the cobra, trample the cobra under, trample the lion under. But remember, we can do this trampling only because we abide in him. Trampling in the flesh is not the will of God. If you ask the sons of Sceva, they will tell you they try to trample when they were not abiding in God. And the enemy rose up and devastated the seven sons of Sceva. So may we not follow the pathway of Sceva. May we rather walk and abide in him. And then in the spirit, we can trample underfoot all who rise up against us. Number five in verse 14. He says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Blessing number uh, five. He says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. Because he has known my name, I will set him on high. This is the will of the Lord. Um, I would read from the Amplified. It says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Listen, I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name, in brackets, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, my love and kindness, trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. Do you see the state of mind? God says, because he loves me, because he abides in me, because he, he has a personal knowledge of my mercy, because he has my love, he knows my kindness, because he relies on me, he says, I will set him on high. Blessing number five is promotion. God has assured us that because we abide under the secret place of the Most High, He will set us on high. It is not something carnal. It's not something worldly. It's not something evil. It's not something bad. God is saying that those who are under his shadow, he will elevate, he would promote, he would increase, he would bless. So increase, promotion, exaltation, it's not something you need to pursue in the flesh. If you want to increase, if you want to experience influence and growth, abide, abide. The Bible says that you will abide and then he will set you on high because you know his name. 
Number 6, verse 15, it says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. This is a promise. It's a big blessing, which means prayers outside of abiding is useless. When we pray just for the sake of praying, when we pray not out of abiding, that prayer has no basis with God. But it says, those who abide in the secret place, under the shadow, in the shelter, when they pray, New Living Translation says, when they call on me, not if, when, when, when they call on me, because they will call on me. God is saying, I know you will call on me. Because you abide under my shelter, I know you will. But when you call on me, I will answer. This is not a promise for everyone. People quote this scripture out of context. It's not every prayer God answers. It's not everyone God answers. But for those who abide under in the secret place, in the shelter of the Lord. He says, when you call on me, when they call on me, I, the Lord, will answer. May the Lord teach us to abide. Then prayer is easy. Then it's not how long you prayed. It's not how hard you prayed. It's not how much sweat you went through in prayer. But that you were abiding in him. And then he says, I will answer you. And then finally, number seven, it says in verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. New Living Translation says, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. God gives his salvation to those who abide. And that is the final thing. Those who abide enjoy the salvation of God. Experience the salvation of God. Those who say they are saved, but they don't abide under the shadow of the Most High, they are joking. It is a joke to say that I am saved, but I don't abide. I am a child of God, but I don't abide. How can you be saved? How can you experience salvation, but you don't remain under the shelter of the Most High? It is not possible. It is not realistic. Long life is just part of the blessings of salvation. And long life is not in the years, first of all. Long life is in the experience of the life you live. So to live long, Jesus lived long and died at 33. He lived long because he lived full. Long here is not just time. It's the fullness of the days, the fullness of the month, the fullness of the years of your life. So for him who is saved, we live the full life, the full life, the long, full life of God. And we cannot be saved if we don't abide. Father, I cry today for myself and for my brethren, for the believers, for the church, that we will abide. I'm not so interested in praying for each of these seven things. 
Lord, may we just abide. If we abide, Lord, we know that all these things shall pursue us. All these things shall be our experience. Oh God, may we abide. That is the cry of my heart. May I always abide. And then may all these promises and all these blessings, may they follow me. May they pursue me. May they meet with me. Lord, grant me peace of mind because I abide. Lord, let your protection be my experience because I abide. Lord, I ask for divine escort for my life because I abide. Lord, I ask that I will always experience victory over the lion and the cobra because I abide. Lord, I ask that you will promote me and exalt me on this earth because I abide. Lord, I ask that every prayer I make will be answered when I pray in line with your will because I abide. Lord, I ask that you would save me and give me a long and full and fruitful life because I abide. Each of these things I pray for the one who listens to me right now. May each of these seven things apply. But Lord, most importantly, may each person listening abide. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.